0: we played musical chairs, we actually took a chair away. Now everybody gets a fucking chair. Sorry, I let's drop the first F-bomb. Sorry, Dolores. Snow day, I'm hoping for a snow day I want to sleep today. day away If we had a snow day Snow day, I'm
1: hoping for a snow day My friends can come over and play
2: if This is episode 11 snow of the Snow Day, day Podcast. Today, we talk about we helicopter down, parents. If
1: we had a snow day
2: enjoy it no i would enjoy it um, hey right. all right sure. you, want, you want to do it let's do yep, this yep Let's have a little bit of feedback on the last episode. A lot of people disagreed with us. I know, that was fantastic. I think there was a few people that were sort of shy to step up and say, no, I think you have a lot of American fans. You know, this isn't necessarily just a Canadian band. A few people that thought maybe it was a little bit more generational than we gave it credit for. Someday I'd like to circle back on this one. I listened to this episode a lot of times, and as I listened to it, editing it, there was a few times I wanted to rebut myself and uh, and say, no, I I was wrong. I was just ranting. <laughs> wow, what would, what would rebutting yourself look like, Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick with. Is we'll that st- like a reach around on yourself? <laughs> <laughs> we're sticking to audio for sure. <laughs> if I'm going to rebut myself, it's only on front audio. Front to back, back yeah. to front. <laughs> Nobody should have to see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I mean, I think as much as we talked about, we sort of hummed and hawed about whether we wanted to do that topic. And I think absolutely, it was a good one because there was lots of people that maybe t- disagreed. But it was something yeah. that people wanted to talk about and hear about and think about a little right bit more. Right on. So, uh, well, that's
0: what that's what sitting around a living room chatting about is. It's our perspectives in that moment, right? I mean, that's that's what that's the way it goes.
2: Hundred percent. I mean, we're happy to hear that stuff, good and bad. Same thing. Our guy Harwood got some pretty good buzz going. So, just a reminder at Snow Day Pod on Insta and on Twitter, Facebook. We have a Facebook page now with some pics and stuff there. It's just Snow Day Pod, Lester. We still got to hit you up for a picture of Guy and Faye on their wedding. We didn't get that one posted.
3: Uh, Yeah, I can send that to you. Yep, Yep. Todd can make them famous on the internet.
2: Oh, I think Guy's already famous, but uh, (laughs) it can only get bigger and better. Interesting feedback that I got from a whole bunch of different places. The first and strongest definitely was my mom, Dolores, shot in too many F-bombs. She doesn't like it.
3: Well, actually, Les was on fire. Get the fuck out of here. And we're like... Holy fuck! What the fuck? Not oh, today. Fuck, it's so funny. There's <laughs> a fucking lunatic. Fucking fantastic. All right.
0: I actually listened I to was. it with Zane Zane on the way in.
3: It might have been the beers at the pub prior yeah. to that. You know, it was apparent to me when I listened to it. I was like, "Holy shit!" I swear a lot. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I had had a few drinks before that podcast."
0: <laughs> you don't last. You don't normally swear that much. But when I'm sitting listening with Zane my, <laughs> on the way in, he's like, he's all. Uncle Lester's dropping a lot of F-bombs. And I go, you know,
3: he really is. <laughs> but, and, hey, it's not my fault you can't edit your kid's
2: uh, internet listening, Steve. Like that's, yeah, up to that's you right to you. yeah, you're
1: like the opposite of a helicopter parent. You're like a <laughs> free-range
2: parent. Anything goes well. The, the one thing I did say to my mom that I thought was kind of funny was I kind of didn't notice it. Like, I had the power to edit some of those out, Lester, and hopefully may, <laughs> sort of make that a little more seamless. And I honestly kind of didn't notice it either until I listened back now. Interestingly to me, one of Murphy's friends is a subscriber and a fan of the pod. So Rashab Palta, look for him on Twitter, OG Palta. He's actually got a couple of rap videos.
1: just taking shots, they don't know how to aim. It's OG, remember my name. If you want to get...
3: Og,
2: yes. Og, Paltus. He came to Murphy and said, "I love the pod. Too many swears." And so I thought, if my mom and a seventeen-year-old rapper think that we're swearing too much, we might have to kick back the f bombs just a little bit. <laughs>
3: ah, you know what? It's our living room. It's our conversation. <laughs> they can listen or not. <laughs> Go ahead, say it, last. I know what you want to say. Yeah, yeah talk talk yourself. <laughs> I had one piece of very interesting feedback because I got feedback from a friend of mine in the U.S. who had no idea who the Tragically Hip was, had never heard a Tragically Hip song, but still said that she thoroughly enjoyed listening to the podcast. Oh, wow. Wow! It means it was an interesting conversation.
2: <laughs> yeah. Entertaining that's, conversation. That's exactly yeah. it. And it is kind of neat, but sometimes it's neat to look into someone else's world. If I was to watch a football yep. show, four friends talking about football, I don't know much about football. I don't watch it, but sometimes it's interesting just to hear people that are talking about something they understand.
0: And I got a message from out in Hamilton, from a university student that messaged me and said, stumbled across the Snow Day podcast loving you rail on vegetarians in the vegetarian <laughs> one. And I'm like,
2: okay, that I seems think, like a plant was, to me. Oh,
0: seriously, that's, <laughs> that's what she said. I remember thinking to myself, wow, it wasn't as refined yet. I think there was a lot of F-bombs dropped there as well and some violent references early on, right? Because, Bruce, it's come a long way, man. The episode 10 was phenomenally edited and produced. It was great.
2: There's a world container with your name on it million ways to go berserk here's the disclaimer there's going to be some swearing this is going to be a little unprofessional someplace between a locker room and a church gathering nothing we'd be embarrassed to play for our kids or our parents that's kind of the zone if you can live with that welcome aboard if not thanks for giving it a try Four friends trapped in a virtual living room by a virtual snowstorm. This is the Snow Day Podcast with speaker, author, and leadership expert, Stephen DeGroote.
0: You can't even, can't make a child feel bad at all or have a feeling, right? Everything's got to be happy.
2: Software company owner, CEO, and entrepreneur, Guy's son, Leslie Hansen.
3: My general feeling is that almost all kids are overparented compared to the way we were raised.
2: Doctor George Alvarez. <laughs> I let him
3: win.
1: I let him lose, and then but then I won because you know I'm bigger, better, stronger, and faster. Make more
2: money. And me, I'm still in Thompson. Bruce Krenz, the one they left behind. Basically, our parents loaded us in a car with our friends and said, "Call when you get a phone." I want to do a check-in with everybody. I'm going to throw in a little different wrinkles. We were on text and stuff back and forth today, all of us. And I want everyone to throw out what they were doing today as part of what happened. Because this is just, to me, it's unbelievable how different all of our experiences were. DVD, I'm going to start with you.
0: I did a little bit of everything today, but hanging with Bray. I taped his whole room, all of the oak. We're going to be painting his room soon. Did some work around the house, took it easy, a nice lazy day. I'm actually a little bit hungover today's yeah took it took it easy and spent the last couple of hours doing some work yeah i'm not traveling this weekend or this week it's kind of weird so i'm in uh winnipeg just chilling at home
2: weird and good nose to nose with bray dr george alvarez doctor to the stars out in calgary (laughs) you got to you got to tell us why you were almost late for this call and then what you've been up to lately
1: uh well i'm doing what i've been doing for the last 10 and a half hours i'm still at work I'm calling you from my office. So I'm at the Self Health Campus taking care of people.
2: I'll call you out. I hope I can throw this out. If not, we'll edit it out. But you had to go into an end of life meeting right before this. And I just think top yeah. marks to you that, uh, that that's part of your day.
1: Yeah, I know. It was uh, in a both, both a good and a sad conversation. You know, somebody is dying, and I help that happen and help the family navigate that. There is a certain amount of professional gratification providing end of life
3: care for sure
2: top marks to you man Lester I'm going to throw it out to you CEO and uh, software company owner you are in Toronto today way different than what George was up to right
3: I was in Las Vegas all week got back late last night and uh, this afternoon I was at the Raptor game so I just got home about 20 minutes ago from the uh from the Raptors uh kicking some wizard ass on on home court great game
2: it's funny because your day today, Les, reminded me of a conversation we had quite a while ago that uh, that I don't know why this stuck with me for, for so long. I think just because it was so kind of cool. But we were emailing back and forth. I think at the time we weren't even texting. And I said, I was trying to show off a little bit for living in the north. I said, you know what? On a long lunch hour today, I had to go pick up something from my cabin. And I actually ran out to my remote cabin on a sort of an extended lunch. <laughs> and it took you no time to come back and say, on a long lunch hour, I can go watch four Innings of a Jays game. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <That> <laughs> and <is> it, true. <laughs> it was like just such
2: a great touche. Like, I, or your office used to be right beside there, and uh, and all that. And yeah. and today was kind of the same. You sent a text saying, "Hey, I'm you know what? There's Raptors game, which is just so big city and so awesome." And I spent the afternoon. Uh, out at the cottage with producer Mike, so we were uh, firing up some snowmobiles and went for a ride. I cut a cut a bit of firewood and just uh, did some living out there. So you here, got snow
3: already? We've got two like two feet Plus. of snow.
2: There's a foot of ice on the lake. Like we walked across, although at <laughs> there's one, a foot
3: of ice already.
2: Yeah, there's I'll a just foot a of dick. ice. I know
0: you've got snow, but a foot of ice already is pretty crazy. Wow,
2: for this time of year, that's a lot. Although we had to walk across because all the snowmobiles are there, and uh, on the way back, walking. We walked through some slush that we had walked through on the way there, but didn't notice it. And as you walk <laughs> through that slush, even though you know there's lots of ice, it's a bit of a disconcerting feeling. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. That's a gross feeling. That's the best way to put it is it's a gross feeling.
0: When you hit that ice pocket, with the, when it just breaks and you drop a foot into just the slush, <laughs> that's all. That's the-
2: a couple inches, and you start high stepping it. That's when you gotta wonder what your love for producer Mike is. Am I just bolting in case more of this ice breaks, or do we go back and get him? No, you keep going. You don't look back. If he set up a better Skype line, we would we, we could find him another sure. producer. Uh, let's jump into the topic at hand. It's two questions that I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna ask everybody to answer, and then maybe we'll have a bit of a discussion at the end. So we're talking about helicopter parenting. Les, I think you had to Google this. What did you? come up with? What's the definition you got before I throw mine out?
3: Yeah, that that is true. When you threw this out as a topic, I actually googled helicopter parenting because I hear that term bounced around all the time. And basically, the, the gist that I got from the 30 seconds on the internet was that helicopter parenting is basically just over-parenting and parents who hover over their kids all the time and take maybe a little too much of a controlling interest in what their kids are doing.
2: I think you nailed it. The hovering over the kids all the time is really, that's thats what I would look at it as. The first question that I want everybody to to take one crack at... Is helicopter parenting a thing? Do you see that in your life? And do you have a story or some backup for that? Stevie D, leadership expert and world-renowned author, let's throw it to you first.
0: Yeah, well, it used to be my thing for years, right? And, I don't, you know, it's interesting because I think we've got extremes. I think we've, I've got extremes both ways. You know, you see that overprotective parenting. Michael Unger calls it bubble wrapping your kids, right? It, it kind of ties back to that safety conversation we had several pods back, right, about that over-safety or over-protectiveness. And I think you see it everywhere. Like the parents always say, don't touch that, don't touch this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Like, you know, just really not even letting them uh, live at all, right? I think at the other extreme end is you've got a lot of hands-off parenting. And I think there's a lot of extremes and there isn't really that middle ground. But we're talking about the extreme helicopter parenting. So I don't know, I I don't have a story off the top of my head uh, other than, you know, from talking to teachers and just, you know, talking to parents in that space. I still do a lot of work with Dr. Gene Clinton and Michael Unger. Uh, That is their space. And they say, yeah, it's getting a lot worse in terms of people just bubble wrapping their kids and not giving, you know, just overprotecting them, not giving them the ability to kind of screw up or make mistakes or more importantly, learn from them. I think, which is uh, critical to growth, right? For sure. So that's that's off the top of my head right now.
2: Georgie, Steve and I have kids who are a little bit older. Yours are a little bit younger than ours. And so I feel like you are really in a zone where this uh, the helicopter parenting stuff can happen. Do you see it? What's your thoughts?
1: I want to start how I sort of came up with this topic. I saw Jerry Seinfeld in town and he just killed his set. And he actually had a whole bit on helicopter parenting and how non-parented he was. So it started to get me to think about it, and then you know, when you think about it, you start noticing. And for me, just to add a little bit to Les's definition, the part that bugs me is that they try to immerse themselves in the kids' experiences. It isn't just that they're hovering all the time and bubble wrapping, is that what I witness is people trying to do what their kids are doing and almost stealing the experience or diluting it down for them because they're in the mud with them doing the experience. And that's that excessive interest in Mm. whatever they're doing. So that's kind of my definition of it. There is no question versus when we were growing up. I mean, we don't have to reflect very hard.
2: Uh, (laughs) Just think about everything
1: that we have said over the podcast versus how it used to be with us versus now, even less a story about getting himself around to dive and to do all the activities. What I witness now is an almost oppressive cloud of parenting and my concern is and there's some very you know quasi literature out there but you know there's some interesting stuff about how kids are growing up with more anxiety you know lack of resilience and and really the, almost the inability to fail
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like everyone, like when we played, you know, everyone gets a friggin' gold star. Everyone gets a trophy. Uh, When we played musical chairs, we actually took a chair away. Now everybody gets a fucking chair. Sorry, I I dropped the first F-bomb. Sorry, Dolores.
2: (laughs) When I look back, and I I think in a sense, I'm a bit of a helicopter parent. I want to believe that I'm not. And I hope that I've given my kids lots of space and they can do their own thing. But uh, when I look back, I've coached every sport that my kids have played, including like so, They didn't have a softball coach at Westwood School, so I coached softball. I've helped with volleyball, basketball. I coached ringette for a couple of years. I mean, I clearly I did not grow up playing ringette, had to take a clinic. As much as we want to let them go, I've, I've been that guy. Now, a little bit of that is just small town stuff, right? You get labeled as the coach guy and you get tapped a lot. I don't feel like I had to mm-hmm. muscle my way into any of those jobs, but at the same time, I probably didn't turn any of them down. And I've been on a lot of trips with my kids and not cut them some space like we got. The other one little example that I'll give that, that this kind of salted it away that that it is more of a societal thing and not just a me and my house. But when we dropped Paige off at university the first year, took her to res, there's a parent information session that you're basically required to go to. And that you get sort of the same spiel that the kids are going to get. You get this is how we try not to let them drink too much. And we do lots of education around safe sex and and all of these kind of things. When we went to university, and I don't want this to come off sounding like woe is me or I'm upset about it, because I, I was 100% fine with it, but basically our parents loaded us in a car with our friends and said, call when you get a phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and let us know that you're all right. So here's some <laughs> money. I guess you know where you're going. And I'm, I'm not saying that as a slam or anything, right? Like I know my mom listens and I don't want this to feel like, you know, oh, we just shipped you out into the wild blue yonder. But we were comfortable with doing that. It seems to have worked out all right the point now, where part of that information session at the university, they said we have to tell parents, no, we won't go check on your child unless we think they are dying, because they yeah. were getting no end of phone calls to the res office saying, oh, so you know this kid sounded a little blue when they texted me, and it's ridiculous. Was, yeah. So to me, there has been a bit of a, a societal change, and I, and I yeah. do believe that that there is some of that helicopter parenting. So I'll throw it to you, though, Lester, sort of from an outside looking in as the guy with no kids. Do you think this has changed in the last 20 years since you were coaching diving years and years ago, stuff like that?
3: First thing I want to ask you guys, just as a point of clarification, when we talk about helicopter parenting, is there a, an age range?
2: Bruce, your kids, I are, think your so. kids
3: are, are university age now. And when you say, oh, I'm, you know, I hope I'm not a helicopter parent. Maybe I am. Are you talking currently or are you talking when they were much younger?
2: More when they were younger. A little bit now, even, and I'll I'll throw out the the funny one to me was that uh, Marnie was a little bit disappointed a little while ago that we couldn't see Paige's university statement on what she owed and things like that because we're basically footing the bill for that. She's 18 now, so really we're giving her the money and she's giving it to the university in a sense, and that's sort of how it was when we went away. I think all of our parents helped us to some degree, but they weren't calling the university paying and wondering when things were due and stuff like that. Right. So, so I think it continues on, but really Lester, I'm talking about more when they were probably, you know, seven to 17 when you're, when you're you're more
3: actively thinking about parenting your, your kids when they're in the the developmental age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I have a few thoughts on this one. You know, this is a, this is a tricky topic for me because I have always been a very analytical guy. I notice everything that's going on around me. I have pretty strong opinions But I make a point to never talk about parenting or comment on people's parenting because I don't have kids of my own. You know, I've watched all of you raise your kids and all my other friends raise their kids. I've observed in silence and I've never said anything. Who am I to say what I think you should do with your kids when I don't have any of my own? But my general feeling is that almost all kids are Overparented compared to the way we were raised. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I might be a little bit of an extreme example as well. I mean, all of us had pretty non-helicopter parents' childhoods. Mine was fairly extreme. How about not, not participating
2: only were... in
1: parenting? <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> not, only, not only did I not oh. have helicopter parents, but I also left home shortly after my 14th birthday. And it was just sort of like set sail into the universe on my own. And I always think giving your kids space, making them do things for themselves is what you know, fosters kids growing up and being independent people. But now tie that into the fact that life, like the whole world, everything, the, the way kids are growing up around me now is so different than the way I grew up. You know, we grew up in a very small town and I now live in a very big city. And so I don't know how to, I don't know how I could compare that to the way, the way my father raised me when I was 10 years old. Like, it's just such a, a different world and everything about it is different. The way um, kids interact with each other Our parents said you know turn off the tv get outside and play and just kicked us out onto the street and now that's almost unheard of right as a parent in a big city you know your kids don't just go outside and play play dates and organize things as much as they seem a little bit crazy to me because it's so different from my life i understand why they're in some way a necessity when you live in a in a big city
0: yeah, they're also happening in small towns now, less. Yeah, there's been a big shift in, in organized play dates and organized outings and organized get-togethers, for sure.
3: Yeah. yeah. Just in the big the other, city. Yeah. The other aspect of it that I would throw in, certainly been a phenomenon in Toronto. Talked about quite a bit, maybe five or eight years ago, was just the, the whole using your kids as a status symbol. You know, you get these business executives in downtown Toronto and they're super ambitious, driven people, and everything is about, you know, you got to have the right job and you got to advance at the right pace and then you got to live in the right neighborhood and then your kids have to go to the right school and your kids have to achieve because if your kids aren't overachievers, it makes you look like not an overachiever as a parent. So I think I've always found it interesting that there's some aspect of that that I think is questionable when mm-hmm. when parents are so consumed with what their kids are doing because they're wondering whether it makes them look good or not, which is unfortunate, I think. But I guess that's, that's sort of like a few things that I, I think are interesting observations from from my end, Bruce, without being able to throw in any examples of my own kids.
2: I think that leads us really well into, into the second part of our discussion. How did we get to this situation? And I think you're right. I feel like in all of time, there have been some... Parents who push their kids really hard, right, and wanted them to go to the, the yep. best school, and you know, I want to live my football dream that didn't work through my kid, and so I'm going to absolutely drive them into that. But to me, it feels like the reach just keeps getting broader and broader. And so, why is that? But I'm going to throw to you first, Steve. Do you have any idea if that's really a thing in think For so, how did we get yeah,
0: two big things? And you guys are probably going to echo it in different ways. Is the immediate access to things due to technology and the advances and everything? You don't have to wait for anything anymore. The biggest thing facing parents today. Is their kids need to learn how to lose. They need to learn how to wait. They need to learn how to lose. They need to learn how to self-regulate. You know, there's this idea we live in this liberal society. I'm against spanking. I always have been. But, you know, the pendulum is gone where it's the opposite. You just, you can't even, can't make a child feel bad at all or have a feeling, right? And everything's got to be happy. That's a really big thing. And the other thing is just the, um, we have more time and money on our hands generally than ever before. More time, I think, is the big thing. When our, our parents were busy working to make a better life for us, their grandparents were working to make a better life for the family because they were going to starve. And the, you know, the grandparents before that, or basically just living. And I think those things are all impacting uh, the amount of time, the amount of money, you know, how, how quickly you know, parents can expose their kids to things and how quickly they can they can have whatever they want. Georgie, any thoughts?
1: I agree with everything that Steve said and including sort of the polarization of everything in our society. And it leads a little bit to what Les said. Are you liberal? Are you sporty? Are you at the right place at the right schools? And I think people are feeling more judged than ever and are more judging. And that leads to this anxiety of making sure that your kids are going down this imaginary path that you put them down and you put pressure on them and you get really involved because you know you can do better than they do. I grew up and when my dad said, I don't give a shit, I knew he meant it. (laughs) I grew up honestly believing that my parents did not care what other people thought of how they parented. People did, were less concerned of the perception other people had of you. And maybe that's just because we're immigrants. My dad and mom do not give a shit about what other people thought. But they happen to do a good job raising me. So now parents care how they're perceived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and point. that sort of started... In the 80s and 90s as we went to university and that's when this paradigm shift happened where people went from you know i'm going to mind my own business and just like les said like you know i'm going to be silent and just respectful and how people are doing their own things to outright talking about other parents like one of my favorite things to do is pick up my kids and i love hanging out in the schoolyard and hearing these bitchy moms judging (laughs) each other pretending that they're not talking about each other and about their kids and they're so doing it. That's what I've witnessed is people really care about what other people think about them.
2: (laughs) I think that sort of ties into where I was at with this because when I started to think about it, I feel like as parents now we have more time than our parents did and not necessarily even just because you always were working, but our society has changed. Service clubs are gone churches are not nearly as popular as they were. I don't know how many of your friends go to church, but me and not many of mine do. And even things like slow pitch, you know, rec hockey, the numbers in curling golf have dropped immensely. People are more sort of into their families. I think, honestly, we don't want to believe it, but we're into screens. We're watching more Netflix and and young parents are playing video games. Our parents had a lot more to do. My dad was heavy duty in the Lions Club, right? A couple nights a week, he was doing good stuff there and it's good community stuff. People just don't do that as much. So now you've got a lot of time to think about your kids. You've got a lot of time to hang out at hockey practice and sort of criticize them and try to figure out what the next step for those kids are instead of having them come home one day and going, hey, I've got a, you know, a workshop or there's tryouts on the weekend. You're all over that stuff. You've got their life planned. Part of it is that in society now, we're not as busy doing other things and being involved in our communities. And so we have more time to worry about our kids and get involved in their lives.
0: That's a good point. But it's also
2: like a priority,
0: though. I was feeling guilty because I, I don't get to see Zane play hockey as much as I want to. And then I thought about how much time I spent with my dad. I was trying to figure it out, you know, whether it's part cultural or part evolution. But I just I think and it's not a knock on my dad at all. I think it's the way he was raised as well. He's an immigrant. He had his experience. But I want to spend more time with my kids. And I think there's a difference between spending time with your kids and being a helicopter parent. Like, Bruce, when you talk about, you know, I see you with your kids, you know, and being a loving, caring, compassionate parents who really give a shit about how their kids are doing is not helicopter parenting. Jumping in on their affairs and making choices for them that they can make for themselves and protecting them from every possible disappointment is an an undercutting or undermining their capacity to develop themselves is helicopter parenting.
1: Yes,
3: that is a clear difference.
2: Excellent point. And that's a pretty blurry line. It's going to be pretty hard to say where that stops and, and starts. I think you're exactly right. It's a good point.
3: Yeah, I think as a society, we are more prone than ever to judging each other. People are extremely judgmental. Online conversations, commenting on things, being able to scream at each other over the internet without ever having to face each other face to face has taken society in a direction where we feel we have the right to point out the flaws in what everyone else is doing. When we apply that to this, I think it's very important to note that helicopter parenting, from what I read about it, definitely has a negative connotation. But being an involved parent has a positive connotation. Yeah, for sure. Some of the best parents I know are the parents, like you just described yourself, Bruce, as being incredibly involved with your kids' lives. Where are we drawing the line? Helicopter parent is bad. Involved parent is good. Where is the line between those two things drawn? It's a good point. I mean, when you undermine, I guess, your,
0: your children's abilities to develop what they can do for themselves, you know, cooking cooking for them every single meal until they're 18, 19, 21, where they never learn to cook, I think is, is crossing that line. For instance, with my boys, like people go, you, you know, like you, you, mean, you cook, you cook for them. They've been doing laundry and cleaning toilets since they were six uh, because they could, right? And it's developing mm-hmm. their capacity. But I choose to make the meals because I want to. Can they do it on their own? Yeah, absolutely. Because helicopter, I think the helicopter parent, the term came out of the idea of dropping in and rescuing them, right? Like it's the rescue parent coming in and, and taking over or taking charge. But I think that line, I believe, is there when you when you do things for your kids that undermines their ability to develop that capacity for themselves.
1: And Lester, and I think the definition will lie in the people that are being produced because it's hard to tell where that line is. So they become adults and then people yeah. you start hiring yeah.
3: them and yep.
1: they expect things without you know they think climbing the mountain is let me a helicopter to the top of the mountain rather than making the journey to the mountain. Yeah maybe the definition lies in the end result.
0: It is really the product of the consequence right the byproduct of our parenting. How do we know how did our parents how did our parents gauge how they were doing at the time or their parents parents? I think it's when they start making choices
3: and become adults. Yeah, I think George that was an important point to make cuz we talked a little bit a while ago about what it's like to hire and manage millennials in the workplace and how different they are to, you know, the previous generation of employees. Yeah. And this is taking that even to the next stage. When we talk now about kids who are being helicopter parented, I think we're talking about the generation coming after the millennials. And I have one interesting anecdote on that. My good friend and business partner, Sean Wise, is a professor in the business school at Ryerson University. And he was telling me a while ago the incredible amount of phone calls and emails he gets from his students' parents. This is ridiculous. And I was like, what? These are university kids. And their fucking parents are calling him and saying, hey, I want to talk to you about why my kid got a D on his paper. I was astonished when I heard that. I don't even know where to take that concept. As you pointed out, George, that's what is coming in the next generation of adults. Fast forward 20 years, when they're 40, what are they going to be like? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: I'm going to sort of start to throw us to wraps, and I'm going to rebut one of my own points because it was so enjoyable the last time. Wow. Once in a while you hear, especially with kids' sports, parents promote their kids too much. And in their eyes, that kid can do no wrong, and they think they're the greatest person ever. And sometimes in my mind, I think they should. If your mom isn't your biggest fan, you're doomed.
0: I don't know, Bruce. One of my sayings is why your mom should be your second biggest fan. That's a big <laughs> statement. Oh, it is. Go ahead, Bruce. Go ahead. No, Go ahead. Uh,
2: that your parents should be cheering for you. And they I think should. within Probably, some I realistic expectations. You know, because you've
0: got moms at both extremes. And I've met people where their moms were not nice moms. So you don't want them to be your biggest fan. the other end of the extreme, you've got the one saying, Yeah, you are Superman, honey. You can fly anywhere. And you got some kid jumping off of a roof, right? <laughs> uh, <bring them. laughs> Like, you know we got to promote is that that yeah. kids believe in themselves they are their biggest fans that they promote themselves that they don't have to rely on an external source but for a while they do and that should be the parent and i agree with you bruce 100 percent, man i always joke about my dad telling me when i was six years old that i run like oma like you know something <laughs> you know don't get it wrong she was a great runner <laughs> she
1: was pretty quick your <laughs> no, dad you know? told me yeah. i smelled like oma
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so
1: that's point. kind of a special coincidence
0: yeah it's a coincidence yeah i think i would have loved to hear that i was um not just and i think whether it's generational but i heard more about when i screwed up than when i did well that was part cultural and part generational and i think i agree with you bruce parents yeah. need to really both their kids. You,
2: you, you got to be your kid's biggest fan, but right? with, with within reason, it's a bit of a spectrum, and we're saying you, you got to be shading more towards the loving, involved to the uh, sort of insane, wild, yeah. of anything.
0: Yeah, for sure, I agree.
2: Everyone's there. Okay, let's throw it to the last segment. It's when's the last time you Stevie D? What you got?
0: All right. Well, I'm going to ask you guys. When was the last time you played a board game, not cards, and you know, not cribbage, just a, a, an actual board game.
2: I liked where this went last time when George went first because he had the example. So, Steve, you got to go first. I didn't have to go too far
0: back. It was about... Three, maybe three weeks ago, three weekends ago, my boys and I, you know, I promote play. Like, we play all the time, have fun all the time. And once in a while, we'll pull out the um, SpongeBob Monopoly game. (laughs) We'll do a, you know, we'll have pizza and pop and snacks. And we will just basically crank the tunes and play four hours of Monopoly. And it's awesome. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. So that was about three weeks ago.
1: George, what you got? Disconnect four count.
0: Ooh, I don't know. Put it to the boys. I wouldn't call it a board game, but... Connect four. Go for the fun of Connect 4. Four in a it's
3: row. in the wheelhouse. Yeah, I so. don't know. Wow, yeah, that's a... It has a board, yeah. yeah I, I think I it counts, George. On I Instagram. think it counts.
1: I was uh, waiting for my daughter yeah. to get out of uh, dance. It was only an hour or so. Seb so and I hung out at a Starbucks and I actually had a little portable Connect 4. And rather than getting on Starbucks, you know, Wi-Fi and playing games, I actually brought out the Connect 4. And it was funny. The number of smiles I got From parents walking in, watching me and my son play Connect Four, you could just tell they were all my age. And they were looking at me going like, wow, what a great idea. Two, why don't I do that? And three, oh, you know, this kid's going to be okay because his head's not deep down in like somebody's phone or iPad. You know, use your head a little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah, so I think that was like 72 hours ago I did that.
2: Awesome. Wow. (laughs) We'll give (laughs) you that. Did you win any of the games or were the parents walking by going, this guy's doomed in life because his kid is just killing him?
3: Kicking, kicking his crush, ass crush,
1: crushing her. him we played nine games and I won 5-4 I was super <laughs> proud like, oh, he took about, it you to you a nine game
0: <laughs> you were teaching him how to lose right off.
1: <laughs> yeah I let him win I let him lose and then but then I won because you know I'm bigger, better stronger and faster and make more money <laughs> so those are important Life parenting lessons,
3: lessons. Yeah. Yeah. you made sure he knew that when you were finished playing too right oh yeah yeah
0: you know
1: yeah, hey, absolutely you
3: are,
0: how did the other parents look when you said in your face and you flipped the <laughs> Connect four onto the floor.
1: You little bitch! Bam! <laughs> <laughs> That's free-range parenting,
2: right? <laughs> We're not a big board game family, so it's been a long time. I'm, I'm almost positive it was Monopoly out at the cottage. Canadian monopoly, it might get disqualified as well because you actually have a, like a credit card and you put it into a little machine when you buy properties and stuff. And so it tells you how much money you have left and how much you have to give each other. You don't actually even have to make change. There's no cash bills. Of course it's legitimate, but you you want a banker and you want someone to handle the real estate. It's kind of sad. It makes this little beeping noise. And, and yeah, to, <laughs> before that, the only other one I can think of before that was again a long quite a while ago at the cottage, Jim Rudd. Shout out to Big Jim again. We get him on the pod. His wife, Shauna, was up and wanted to play scrabble don't ever play scrabble with shauna Rudd. she is a pro like i thought i was okay marnie and i used to play a lot when we lived up north it was cold and dark a lot i got killed like killed you know if someone suggests
0: scrabble as the first game i i run that's That's definitely a practice game yeah
1: exactly
3: play more
0: yeah you can it's not like i got a hankering for scrabble (laughs)
3: lester you got a hankering for scrabble fun fact i have actually never played a game of scrabble in my life well, good for you. My mother's you. a librarian. And you never our, played Scrabble. She went
2: to library I've never school.
3: played a game of Scrabble. Wow. One of our listeners uh, will get a kick out of hearing me admit that because it's a bit of a joke between us. She's been teasing me about it, but I've never played a game of Scrabble. I'm not a board game guy at all. So it took me a while to, to think of this. But my girlfriend actually likes to play chess, and she's always bugging me to play chess with her and I'm almost always saying no but once in the once in a blue moon I break down she beats me more often than I beat her the last time I played more of a kid related board game was about a year and a half ago in your neighborhood George on 17th Avenue in Calgary there's a restaurant called Buttermilk Waffles I went and they have board games in there I went with my girlfriend and her father and uh, they had all these board games sitting there and I guess when she was a kid they used to play the game trouble all the time of trouble. It's fine so i participated into, into what Everyone ended up being an enormous trouble. grudge match at like 10 in the morning at a in a restaurant on 17th avenue calgary it yeah, pretty fun. Right on
2: you'll go back every- all of us, best of nines with our kids and anybody who will show up.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. best of nines. Virtual connect. Four. Now, actually, George, just, take your kids to Buttermilk
2: yeah, Waffles in cool. place. Actually, George, uh,
0: Zane and I did that last year because Zane is like me. If, if I'm ever playing Scrabble with somebody, it's because I love you. Because my ADHD is so wickedly high sitting and, and waiting for somebody to put letters together um, while I stare at seven of my own or whatever the number is. Seven
2: E's. Seven It's like it's going to be a long night. All right, shoot it out on uh, Twitter. We'll get Harwood on this. What's the last board game anybody else out there has played? We'd love to hear from you. At Snow Day Pod, boys. We got to wrap it up. Steve, you got a date with Bray. Georgie, you got to get back to work. <laughs> Les and I, Kings Hockey. Here we come. Watch
3: the right? Raptor highlights and see if I made it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, boys. Yeah, yeah, it's been a slice. All right,
0: guys. Take care. Right, later. See you guys. Snow okay. Day, okay. Bye-bye. Out. Snow Bye. Day. I'm hoping Bye. Ciao.
2: Want to do us a favor? Point your friends to Snowday Pod when they're at iTunes or send them to www.snowdaypod.podbean.com. Find us at Snowday Pod on Twitter. Thanks for helping, friends.